Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, the second presidential debate slash garbage fire, uh, the importance of voting related, um, the assault on Kim Kardashian, and a culture roundup. We're watching Fleabag, The Sopranos, again, Queen of Cotway, and Transparent. Hey! Hey, guess what? IRL. IRL hangs, man. We're in the same room. I know. It's like you and me. Gina's the one that's far away. So far away. We're coming at you from New York City. I know. Sustained eye contact while we we do this episode. (laughs) I know. You look very good today. What's going on? Listen, I feel great today. You know, I... never shy, Anne Friedman. Tell me. I do. I feel good today. Two different strangers complimented my outfit today. Your outfit is flames. You know, I'm wearing a very wide cut trouser, which is a real power move i really i like just like a lot of breeze blowing through there it's like it's like the power of pants but like the freedom of a skirt talk to me about this knit sweater oh my god this knit sweater it, it, i feel like it would fit me it would it's very soft mm. it, it is an old american apparel sweater purchased at a thrift store wow all how you style it also that necklace power 90s lady power move I 90s love it. lady power necklace thrifted in palm springs how to spend it i know your hair looks good your brows look good mm. your skin's great you uh, know the skin's a little dry but you know it's a low light situation no, so i'm gonna what? take it It looked good when you walked in the room also you have a little glow going a little eye glow listen always got an eye glow going uh, um yeah, also fall in new york is such a good time it's true except that it's like I don't know. It feels like 75, 100 degrees today. I, I don't understand weather anymore when it's not like San Francisco, like every 10 minutes, take a layer off or on. I love how it feels like summer to you and I'm like shopping turtlenecks. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it was like very cold where I was. Okay. When we talk about the weather too much. I know. I know. It's like cut on. us off. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Although I have to say, so I'm making a concerted effort to find the good in New York on this trip. And I had a really good <laughs> moment. <laughs> in, I know. I know. Listen, I'm making an effort while I was waiting for the elevator to come to the studio the security guard in kind of like in the foyer had headphones in and didn't know anyone was there and was like singing along in this like beautiful high pitched <gasps> voice what was he singing to I love that guy it was Prince ah uh. You know, I really like the security guard in this building. He's, like, pretty clutch. Anyway, I just, like, it was a lovely little overheard, and I'm choosing to see it as, like, a posy New York moment. <laughs> Man, I hope you have many posy New York I know. moments in the um, next coming days. What's happening in your world? A lot, actually. <laughs> um Mostly, I'm kind of on a staycation this week, so I think I'm going to actually get to sleep every day which Mm. is huge luxury Um, you know it's like what was that internet man some like thing i linked to in an old bloop where it's like sleep is the kardashian of something (laughs) i was like (laughs) i don't remember what it was all i want to do this week is sleep which if you know my struggles with insomnia and just anxiety i like feeling like i can do that 
seven days in a row because <sighs> I have nowhere to be. It's very exciting to me. I'm just working on my sleep. That's I love I that. People. I love that. I have hit that. Well, I think I've been here for a while, but I hit that point with the election where I actually today started feeling like very personally resentful of Ivanka's dad because I feel the only two options are sustained outrage or like willful ignorance. Like there's no other mode for oh me. Oh my God. You know, when I was watching the debate on Sunday, I was actually screaming at my TV. This debate was different for me. I just could not believe what was going on. It's like if we rewind to his comment a couple of days before the debate about grabbing women by the pussy. And moving on them heavily. And moving on them heavily, which honestly to me, this has not happened to me in a long time, but that was very triggering and... I didn't find it outrageous or, you know, like whatever the internet machine was doing. It just made me immensely sad and reminded me of all of the times that I have been touched when I didn't want to be. And I could not believe that a person who was running for president was saying that. And then more than that, that all of his crazy surrogates were contorting themselves in many ways. And some of these people I like, claim to be religious moralist, right? Like Ugh. including Mike Pence, husband of Karen. let's just call him Karen's husband Karen's husband yeah Karen's husband and I just could not believe all of the ways that they were finding to excuse it you know it was like this isn't locker room talk it was sexual assault he like described sexual assault and people like Mike Pence and Jeff Sessions and many other awful people Kellyanne Conway and all of these assholes just found a way to minimize that and say that it was okay I just couldn't believe it. And then seeing all the different conversations that were happening in many places, whether it was people saying like, I don't know, can you actually grab somebody by the pussy? Uh, Ask the many women who have been sexually assaulted that way, if that is possible, and we'll tell you yes. Um, Also, fuck you for for saying that. Yeah, fuck Um, you forever. You know, or people just going, well, you know, like, it was 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Donald Trump is 59 years old. Yeah, right. It's not like he's had a lot of growing up <laughs> yeah, since then. He's yeah, he's like actually the oldest person running for president, which aside, this is why it drives me so crazy when he talks about Hillary Clinton's stamina. I'm <sighs> like, no, you're literally the oldest person. I just could not believe this was the national conversation that we were having. And then so fast forward in the debate setting when he is hovering over her so menacingly. I could not believe that. I just like, could couldn't, not. I couldn't believe it. And it was a thing that like, you know, like so many women like recognize that the hover, the thing that you're afraid of. He accused her of being the real misogynist. He mm-hmm. hosted uh, at the debate and before the debate did a speech with four women who have claimed some sort of sexual misconduct either by her or Bill Clinton. And, you know, like just humiliating her in the one way that he knows. It was just so awful. I could not believe that it was happening. And it happened, and she kept her composure. I don't know how Hillary can be calm. I lost it. I lost it, and then afterwards, I take a shower. I was so upset, and I just like could not believe the spin that was coming from the journalist. Yeah, also, there's a part of the defenses of him, or people who are explaining this away is not a big deal, that is sort of linked into right-wing complaints about I'm air quoting like PC culture or like speech being like something that only overly sensitive people care about. And did you see that defense 
I forget which of his surrogates was on cable news and was like, oh, it's basically like Beyonce swearing. Uh, I can't believe that lady came for Beyonce and she's like still alive. I can't believe it either. You know, it was like, it was Bayhive hibernating hours because clearly when I saw it, I lost it. But I was like, this lady's going to be out the paint by the end of the but day. But like the, the idea that somehow this is just him using a few bad words as uh, opposed to describing behavior and also validating that behavior. No, that's part of their plan playbook right it was like the minute that it happened there was a whole section of like right-wing people who started saying well if you listen to rap music they say the exact same thing which first of all that's not true and second of all even eminem's not running for president so i know and the other thing is this lie that like feminists don't rail against those people it's just like the trifecta of all of it it's like find urban culture to blame And then lie about what reasonable women and feminists have been doing for a long time. Like, we call out violence, like sexual violence against women in every form that it comes in. It's not a partisan issue. Right. Sorry, not to harp on this point about language, but language completely matters. Like, you felt there were real repercussions for you and for many, many women upon hearing that clip like it's not it's not like it's just oh you know you're sensitive to bad words or like coarse language it's like this is describing real life things that women have had to live through and had people minimize for years and years and years oh you know and and for me not to harp on our religious brothers and sisters uh, lol it is just so crazy to me that the religious right will tell women that if they follow all of this like purity like guidelines and they don't let the world influence them that everything is going to turn out okay for them and then now it's like here is a real way that piece of shit (laughs) person has you know really like minimize the experiences of a lot of them and is just telling them well you know what it doesn't matter like you ladies stand up for republican men all of the time you like come to their defense you do all of the hard work and in this like very specific way where people can show support for you because guess what like Republican ladies like get assaulted too. Like this is not a partisan issue. It happens to so many of us and there's so much shame that is tied into it and people don't talk about it. And honestly, one of the biggest fears about speaking up about being assaulted is that you think that nobody will believe you. And then now one of the, somebody who's running for the highest office in the land is saying like, no, I don't fucking believe you. And also I can say whatever I want to say. Yeah. And just because you say you were joking doesn't mean it's a joke. Like that's the other thing too, that, that makes me so angry. It's like the argument that because I didn't mean it as a threat that didn't, then it's somehow like, like not actually that important. Like, you know, intent, I don't think that he had a good intent here either, but like there's often an argument with this stuff that's like, oh, the intent was just fun banter or the intent was a joke. And it's like, actually, fallout is what matters. No, yeah. And then even just this idea of it's locker room banter. Let's say that such a thing exists. (laughs) (laughs) It is true that like for, for some women, me included, one of my biggest fears is that no, this is actually like what men talk about like when we're not here. Oh my God, completely. These like really awful things. Where are all the Um, men who were like, not my locker room? Hashtag not all men. (laughs) (laughs) Not all locker rooms. Hashtag (laughs) not all locker rooms. (laughs) No, it's true. But even if like that is a thing, it doesn't excuse it. It's so wrong. It, It is indefensible. It's so wrong. It's not boys will be boys. It's like, yes, welcome to what we've been saying for a long time. Rape culture is real. I know. He proved that. And everybody else is like, well... You know what? There, there are more important issues at stake, like uh, prosecuting Hillary Clinton oh my God. or uh, 
abortion and what and I'm like no some sometimes you have to have a backbone you know and for me I, w- I, w- I would have really hoped that for some of these people this is where they drew the line it's going to be really interesting to see years from now like who is an honorable person and who is not an honorable person it's this argument that I have with a lot of my friends who their parents are voting for Trump or they're like some of their other friends are voting for Trump and they're just like, but they care about the economy. They care about that. And oh I'm God. like, I'm like, no, your person is a piece of shit. I don't care if it's your grandma or if it's your dad or if it's your cousin's boss or whatever. That person's a piece of shit. And it is also so telling that this is the outrage that oh, they chose. Oh, I know. Right? Completely. Because the same morning that this tape was found, Donald Trump reiterated the fact that the Central <laughs> Sorry, the Park lie. Five, the lie. Yes, the lie, that the Central Park Five was guilty. If you don't know who the Central Park Five is, there is a great PBS documentary by Ken Burns. Shout out Ken Burns. You're the best, always. When Ken uh, Burns' narrative disagrees with you, you're wrong. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should have Ken Burns on the podcast, one of the few men. Um, but, you know, like, about they were completely exonerated by DNA evidence. It's the most racist thing in the world to say that they're still guilty. Donald Trump back when the case was happening, took out a full-page ad in the New York Times to say that they deserve the death penalty. It makes my skin crawl, honestly. Yeah, and it's just like, it's like one of the really easy ways that's like, hi, Donald Trump racist. Donald Trump going after the Gold Star family, also racist. Donald Trump saying that he's going to deport all Muslims, also racist, you know? But it's like telling mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, the minute all of these Republican people could go, my wife, my daughter, ugh, all of a sudden, it just became wrong, you know? And I was like, well, too bad you don't have, like, black sons and daughters or you won't have Muslim sons and daughters. This is bullshit. But also, no one touched this. I definitely noticed that the moderators did not touch it. Like, they returned to the tape and, like, his, quote, locker room comments a couple of times, but did not once raise this Central Park Five question. And I also noticed that Hillary didn't bring it up in her launch. There were a few moments which were, like, listing all of the people that he has, like, systematically dehumanized and devalued. And, you I'm sure there are very good reasons for her not bringing it up, i.e. like not wanting to answer for some crime bill like era quotes of hers. But like it it did not go unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, my other big problem with the debate is that they were in St. Louis, um, literally miles from Ferguson and did not bring up any questions about police brutality or black lives or anything like that. But Yeah, so this election is a nightmare. It's (laughs) almost over. God, I want Hillary to win, and I want her to win big. I've been phone banking. I'm going to go knock on doors. I'm just at the point in the election where I'm like, if you wake up every day and you, like me, have this thing in the pit of your stomach where you're like, she's not winning, or she didn't do well at the debate, or you're complaining to it about your friends. If you don't start doing real things, like giving your money or giving your time, then you are also part of the problem. Hillary Clinton's website makes this very easy. It's basically like checklist. How much time do you have to give? And then here is, you know, or how much money? And here is the thing to do. I think it's also really interesting. I have been really making an effort to actually double check that all of my friends are registered and actually planning to vote because that's the other the flip side of this is statistically like young people don't vote yeah because young people are awful we have some big voter registration deadlines all happening this week so, so soon yeah like, right by the now, time pretty much by the time you hear this podcast if you live in texas 
and you are not registered. I will never speak to you ever again. Also, I think it's like 12 other states. I think today is actually, sorry, I yeah, it's say like, this for the, yeah, but yeah, this October week 11th. was the deadline. Yeah, yeah, this week is the deadline for a lot of places. And a really easy way to check that, honestly, is at google.com. All you have to do is enter your state and voter registration, and they'll tell you everything that you need to know about that stuff. There's obviously many, many things you can do for the campaign to make sure people who are registered Democrats are actually going to turn out to vote for Hillary or to like do some like calls. But I also think that there is, I definitely feel personal responsibility about my own network and being 100% certain that everyone is going to turn out and vote. Like, what are you going to tell your grandkids, look them in the eye, you know, and tell them what you did when fascism almost came to the land? You know, like, where were you? (laughs) And like, uh, yeah. I complained every day or yeah. I hear all of the excuses that people have for not voting. Like, especially I'm like, if you are a young, able-bodied person, you literally have no excuse. Um, and if something bad happens, it's also on you. It's stressful. It's just like the most stressful election of our lifetimes. I know. And also like form fatigue is real. Like I definitely (sighs) understand people who are like, oh my God, I don't even want to deal with like, how do I get signed up or whatever. People have built solutions for this too. Turbo vote, hello vote. Like, I mean, I'm serious though. I think that that is a thing where people are like, it's one more errand I I have to do. But do you think that this is how it was in like 1930s Germany? They're like, ugh, one more form. (laughs) Like, one more form. I guess I'm not going to do this. (laughs) Let the mustachioed one win. Oh my God. I I don't know, but... I think that people, especially like white people, really take a stock of what is going on because it is the epitome of privilege to think that because something is inconvenient to you, it's not actually a matter of life and death for somebody else. I mean, I think that there's also, I see this especially in states that lean heavily Democratic, where I'm like, I don't think it's an excuse to just be like, well, California always you know, elects know, the Democratic candidate. Races. Exactly. So like, I mean, that that aside, which how are you going to like say that you didn't vote when this much is on the line? And like, this is the person who Republicans are fielding. Oh, my God. <sighs> um, speaking of California, <laughs> we got the California voter registration. Guide the phone book, house. you mean? Yo, it's so thick. The San Francisco City one, just the city alone was 300 plus pages. I know. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I get it. It's hard work, but you got to read the whole whole thing you got to read the whole thing there's so many initiatives and here's the exciting thing democrats are within a stone's throw away from taking back the senate it's true house of representatives not as flashy but uh, (laughs) it could happen it's like honestly like anything is possible anything is possible if if everybody does their part if you vote yeah those ballot initiatives i've been invited to a ballot initiatives explainer party where like everyone researches a different initiative that's perfect um there's also like somebody somebody like i don't know i feel like friends have been sharing lots of explainers on it this country does not make it easy to be an informed and involved citizen, but <laughs> you got to go there. No, they don't. One thing I will say about ballot initiatives is whenever you're looking at them is to see who is paying money against them. Indeed. That's the secret. And then you're like, if you like them, it's cool. If you don't like them, um, I see you technology companies. Take them out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Uh, okay. But it's, it is time consuming, though. It's, I don't know. It's time consuming. But, but you important. know what? The, like, being part of a blessed democracy should be time consuming. That one crazy part of the debate that I feel like we're not even touching on is the part where Trump said that he was going to call a special prosecutor to put Hillary Clinton in jail when oh he won. Oh, my God. And I was like, I come from one of those countries. You know what I mean? Like, I literally come from one of those countries where one of the reasons that my family lives everywhere is because of dictatorship. Because you don't are not interested in that. Yeah. I was like, this is America. Like, you, you can't 
one, it's illegal. Shout out Nixon. Two, <laughs> two, it's actually what kind of banana republic machismo is this garbage? Like, are you serious? I know, but like it does sort of bring into relief not to get all dramatic 1930s Germany about this again, but like it does bring into relief like how stuff like this happens. A broken education system and voter apathy and like, you know, citizens feeling disconnected from the people who actually make laws. It's like, you know, now is the time to be like, mm, uh, maybe maybe change of course. So I know, you know, but also like have a little bit of principle and think about your own personal legacy. Oh, and sure. Just, I was watching this documentary on lynching recently and just thinking about how many just like ordinary casual people just didn't think this was a problem. Oh, yeah. Know? And I was like, man, like the shame. This is my immigrant problem. Everything is like shame versus uh, like, no, but virtue that's real. problem. But I wish that more people thought like that. 40 years from now, do you really want to be the person in the PBS documentary that's like casually wearing an America, make America great again? Totally. You know, and everybody is like, I wonder whose grandpa that is. Uh, (laughs) Because that's definitely what I do with all the Jim Crow documentaries. I'm like, like, I wonder who these white ladies are. (laughs) You're like (laughs) Ancestry.com. Exactly. We're always looking them up. (laughs) I don't know. There's the personal responsibility piece. Can I tell you one like shining moment about this whole election though? Is that I Is it going to be someone you reached while phone banking who changed their mind? Because I'm dying for Story no, like but you know, my phone banking has been pretty good, actually. Like, one, the, the the Hillary campaign makes it really easy. But two, like, people are super reasonable. I've had, like, great mm-hmm. conversations with people. Like, nobody, um, nobody like, too wild, except for this one man in Nevada. But we had, like, a great time. It was great. Yeah. Um, but I was going to tell you, the CNN commentator, Ana Navarro, she's still a Republican. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's like I can't get too excited about her. She's, like, originally from Nicaragua, and her family, like, fled communism, which is why she's a Republican, you know? She's Mm -hmm. like, once upon a time, Republicans were against communism. Ergo, I'm going to be a Republican forever. I'm just like, whatever. Everyone has their baggage. I know. But she's on CNN, and every night she, like, calls out all the crazy Trump surrogates, (laughs) and I love her so much. She was, like, yelling at someone, and she was like you are 50 shades of crazy. And it was like, this, this, it was so good. Cause it's like, you know, all the trumpets are always blonde. I don't know where they find them. And Navarro like does not care. And she's the only, she's the only principled Republican I've seen all election cycle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shout out to her. Just like look up her clips on YouTube and you will die. Maybe I'll make Gina play one. It's so good. Yeah. I, where have we made it okay to talk like that? 80 million copies of Fifty Shades of Grey was sold. Uh, any but Magic Mike was one of the most popular movies. That was a consensual relationship. I didn't read the book, but I assume that was a consensual relationship. No, it was not all the time. And the things that were done were not. Um, the, you look at the vampire uh, trilogy. Unfortunately, we've become a very um, interesting pop culture itself has become very, uh, very stretched in these areas. So this is just a part of it. If you read anything from Sports Illustrated to Playboys, it's, you know, sex, unfortunately, sells. However, Anna? Yeah, you, it makes you angry except when the person who's running for president of the United States says it. And listen, let me tell you something. Everything you just said is 50 shades of crazy. To compare running for president to an erotic film or an erotic movie, an erotic novel, is crazy. If he wants to be held to that standard, great. Then go write the art of the groping. But if you are running for president of the United States, you are a role model. You are a role model for children like your daughter, who you keep quoting. You are a role model for all Americans. You are held to a higher standard. You should not be behaving like if you are in a locker room. You should be behaving like if you are in the Oval Office.
What's another depressing thing? That we can oh my talk god. About? Ugh, okay. Well, you know, Kim Kardashian held at gunpoint is pretty depressing. I'm really upset, Anne. I know. I'm like very upset. She has not been back on social media, and. Honestly, the thing that made me the most upset when it happened was people's, like, some people's just glee about the situation. And then the other factions, conspiracy theories about how she's doing it for insurance fraud. Or that it's, like, I think a third strain is the sort of, like, victim blamey. It's her fault because she posts photos of her cleavage ever. It was just, like, the whole thing is so bad. You know, like, social media is very strange. It's, like, one minute, we're, like, all having a good time. It's, like, Arthur memes. And then the next minute, people are, like, I hope that bitch dies. It's really hard to hold both of those two truths in your in your mind. One of the sources on, I think it was, like, TMZ or E said that, like, she, when they were robbing her, she was afraid that they were going to rape her. I was, like, which woman does not sympathize totally. with that, like, thought? Of also, course. Who would, like, willingly put themselves through that kind of ordeal? And also, like, here's the thing about Kim. I, I get that a lot of people don't like her. Like, fine. But, wow, like, you hate her so much that you hope that she dies. You That's would really crazy. wish that on another person? Also, yeah. it just says something so gross about, like, the state of our celebrity culture. Here is a person that is, like, fairly inoffensive. Honestly, it's like, she's not in charge of anything that really matters. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay her <laughs> out of your own money for anything that you don't want to do. Right. Um, she's not... A pariah. She's actually a really funny businesswoman. But is held up as a symbol of like like culture getting super vapid or like not important. Exactly. Like yeah. that's her fault, right? Like somebody who gives like close to nine million dollars a year in charity, which is more than you know, like some people's fave, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> and and all of that is like not enough, you know? And just people hate her. This just deep visceral hate for her and what she represents. That was just really hard to read. Can't even imagine what it's like to go through that, you know, and then have to deal with the world again. Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, I have, like, heard and read interviews where she talks about social media as a form of self-expression. You can like it or dislike it, but that I, I totally understand. Like, you know, if you consume what she publishes on social media, you're like, you're never like oh, she's not having a good time here. Like, it seems like this is, like, legitimately something that is a self-expressive thing. I don't know, to to have that taken away as well as, like, right. to be dealing with, like, being threatened that way. Like, I truly believe it's, like, her creative output. Like, it is her media. It is like, her creative <laughs> outlet. And yeah. then now it's, like, part of her job, you know? And imagine, like, totally. thing that you work. Yeah. It's, like, you don't have to like it and you have to respect it, but, like, she works hard. Oh, totally. If it was easy, all of you dodos would be... Uh, <laughs> would be millionaires. <laughs> would be millionaires yeah. on social media. <laughs> get out of my feed going back to your place of work and not feeling safe there and not feeling safe about the way that you express yourself is really sad but between this and the Trump thing it's been such an eye-opening moment to me how much like people hate women just don't want to see women thrive and it's not just men there are a lot of women who feel this way I'm just like this person does nothing to you why I don't understand it. It's, like, pretty disgusting. I really do feel that so much of the Kim stuff, and this, I think, manifests differently with, like, her male and female critics sometimes, but the way that she sort of controls and presents and uses, like, her body, basically, like, her body in the world is a part of this. Like, I really do think that there are other people, um, there are other women who are famous for 
purely like a constructed media identity <laughs> or like, yeah, you know, that like most celebrities, exactly, like all of them. Exactly. But because I do think that there is like a specific type of hatred because of her specific body and like specifically like the way she presents. I, I don't know. I just think and it's, the way that she's in control. I ex- think that that's yeah. the thing that is maddening to people, right? Is that they want her to be their idiot. Like she cannot be in control of her own image. Right. People are gross. I I don't know. I just don't know. And when it comes to like women who are her haters, I also think that there's this sense of, I don't want to say that I'm like compassionate toward it, but I do see a way in which it comes from women seeing her and thinking like, I could never present my body like that, you know, have have that be like such a part of my public persona or my professional persona. And feel legitimate so I'm going to legitimize her or like you know like women have this experience of being devalued or like turned into body parts and so it's like this weird thing that we turn back on women like her totally you know and and they're like there's really valid critiques to be made about people like the Kardashians right and the way that they are celebrated for attributes of like black culture in a way that black women are not there's an um, anti-capitalist and, critique. There's an anti-capitalist critique of everything. But no, like, you right. know, there's there like real a critiques. serious yeah. anti-capitalist critique. There's all of that, you know? But at the same time, like, she, number one, doesn't get her due for being a woman who is just in control of her own destiny and has really built an empire as a really savvy businesswoman. She's a businesswoman. Um, yeah. You know, like, she, <laughs> she's like a great mom and she's like a great friend and she's the great wife. You know, it's like, what is her crime? Her crime is literally just being a woman who does what she wants. And, and like, I do think like with her particular body and like the way she presents is a part of no, it. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, and but you're and right, fundamentally image. just being a woman who does what she wants. Yeah, it's like she she does what she wants and she wasn't destroyed by her sex tape and she wasn't destroyed by the world thinking that she was stupid and you know, she wasn't destroyed by like having the body of uh you know like whatever she has the body of. <laughs> uh, there's just a lot of meanness in the air right now. Hopefully it will defeat Trump. Kimmy will get back on Soch. Um, <laughs> Kim, if you hear this, we miss you a lot. You living for best. November right now. I am living for November. It's going to be the best. Is there anything posy we have to talk I know. about? What's I'm like, something uh, funny? I feel like we everything has been like super sad. One thing I did want to bring up because it's relevant to our bestie interests is uh, um, have you? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that sounds like homework. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I swear. Um, have you watched Fleabag yet? Yes. Oh, uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> the hair okay can we talk about like the bob i have a lot of feelings minutes. about fleabag so um yeah most of my feelings are positive tell me what you think well so the reason why i bring it up in the context of besties is that it is a dark british comedy told from the point of view of a woman who's like she's like what in her late 20s early 30s yeah like early like 30s right yeah somewhere yeah. in there who is struggling with her job who is acting out by having sex that she doesn't really want with a bunch of men who she like is not that interested in and um, so she's in her 20s <laughs> lol <laughs> yes yes um yeah she's probably like 28 29 anyway but the thing that i i find so interesting is that the narrative for what she's kind of really struggling with fundamentally is like you know they do they talk about the fact that her mother has died recently but there are all these flashback sequences to her friendship with her 
bestiepreneur mm-hmm. um, who has like died before like the the show begins chronologically and which is not to say that she she's clearly grieving the death of her mother as well but the thing that moves the plot and the thing that you know you're shown her thinking about is like her friendship this friendship that she misses and her friend and I'm just like you know I can't think of too many examples where the tragedy that kind of spurs a lot of the action is a is about a very very important friendship if you have amazon prime it's like the best way to spend what two and a half three hours i mean it got me through food poisoning (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's so awful because of the puking and but you know what on a certain level it's better than like eat it anyway whatever gross we don't have to talk about that but um it's not gross we talk about all body functions on this podcast oh my god feel no shame all orifices all orifices (laughs) except for the butt (laughs) i mean well then we can't talk about food poisoning <laughs> anyway but so so anyway i think that there are things i disliked about the show as well but like i i just i wanted to call out that sort of animating plot point because i i really liked it okay what um, do you feel that's great no i mean i agree with i agree with all of that <laughs> i'm just really into her bob <laughs> her bob is very cute her bob is great it's like i, I was just like googling it the whole mm-hmm. time i was like how do i get this even though i have a bob right now but i want that you have more exact. of a lob Thank you, thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. That that touches me like deeper than you even. No, know. you have a very. It's a very different look. It's, hers is a little bit more like buttoned up, and yours is a little bit more laid back. I feel um, the, those extra three <laughs> inches or whatever it is. It's true. I don't know what else. What other TV are you watching, man? What other TV have I watched recently? So, as you know, once a year I go back and rewatch The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if you're staycationing, I can see how it's a good. Time. Yeah, so I'm like deep into Sopranos, and let me tell you, Carmela. Every year I rewatch the show, I love her even more. Mm. There's a, definitely like a Hillary Clinton scene where everybody's like complaining about Hillary, and she's like, "No, Hillary is like us, one of the mob wives, and she stayed with her husband." It's mm. like kind of great. And oh, I saw Queen of Cotway in the theaters, oh, yeah? and it was like a very cute movie. As an African person, I have a lot of problems with accents and et cetera in the movie. But in general, I thought it was really well made. And they're like selling it as this like really inspirational movie. It's like this girl in the slums of Uganda, of Kampala, becomes like a chess champion. And Lupita Nyong'o is her mom. And David Oyelowo is the chess teacher. It's just a very... It's like, like your Oscar nominee favorites from 2014. Totally, all but in it's one like, place. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a garden variety, like, uh, inspirational mm-hmm. movie. You know, like your mom and her book club will probably Hallmark go Channel. see it. My mom loves yeah. the Hallmark Channel. Like yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> but there was something so beautiful to me about just seeing, like, you know, it's like, oh, this movie is not, like, the best, mm-hmm. even though, you know, like, the marketing will tell you <laughs> that it's the best. Something just so ordinary, I was like, oh, everybody in this movie is black. Like, mm-hmm. this is just a an African story, and it's great. And it's sh- the shots are really beautiful. Parts of it are, like, really harrowing. There's some of it that kind I personally, like, get really annoyed when, like, all movies about Africa are movies like this. You know, it's like... Um, an know, inspirational like, tale of Yeah, uplift. it's like the African slumdog millionaire, yeah, like, yeah. over and over again. And it's always, like, slum kids or refugee kids or whatever. Um, Triumphing. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the singular story that Chimamanda Adichie talks about. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like, I don't know, it didn't annoy me as much. Um, and there was just something so sweet about it. Like, I thought it was a really well done movie. Mm-hmm. The girl, uh, Fiona, sorry, I like forgot her name. 
Fiona, who is the the main character in the movie, she's such a great actress. Mm-hmm. And the theater that I watched it in, anytime she won a chess game, the entire theater would erupt in clapping oh, for her. That. Which I want to tell you that I was in the whitest theater in Oakland, so it made me really happy. It was indeed book clubs. <laughs> it was indeed like mom book clubs in like North Oakland. I haven't bonded with a movie audience this way since uh, we saw that terrible Beyonce movie, Obsessed. Oh my god, that was such a good. Con- communal viewing experience yeah i Uh had some audience bonding for magic mike xxl but that was probably the only standout of the past couple of years (laughs) since since obsessed that's like yeah let me tell you if you are in new york and you go to the court street theater to see any black movie you will have hella bonding (laughs) any movie any no any movie that is a black movie you go to the court street theater your life will be made great Last thing, did you watch season three, Transparent? Oh, my God. So I'm not done yet, but I am emotionally wrecked with every episode. Shout out to our good friend, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, uh, also known as the band Bouquet, one half of Bouquet, who on episode three has their new song debut. Like, that was really well done. That made me really happy. I haven't finished Transparent, so I can't finish talking about it. Well, I have one thought that is not really a spoiler for anything, but I also watched it in like one day due to sickness, um, <laughs> which, listen, I had like one day of Fleabag like and one day died. of Transparent. I did. I like And you mainlined move. all of your TV for the I year. I feel so caught up. I'm never caught up. You know that. It's shocking. It's shocking that the I'm The tables have there. turned. The tables have turned. <laughs> one thing I noticed that I'm not sure if I would have quite felt this way if I had maybe watched it more spread out. But I, um, one thing I noticed about this season is that where previous seasons kind of focus on people who are like bigoted toward trans people or like who don't understand and don't want to understand or who are almost seemingly willfully hateful. This season really felt to me to be about the accidental but very real violence committed against trans people by the people who love them and by the people who are like either do understand on some level or really trying to understand that's why it's so devastating i know and it's really i mean i have to say it's really made me think a lot about not just things in my own behavior (laughs) with you know trans people who i know but i don't know just like in any kind of when you love someone who is in like a very different kind of like privilege scenario yeah, like, I don't know, like that that to me, without getting specific about the show, like that's a thing that I think is a really important, and you're right, totally devastating recurring theme of this season. Yeah, it's that it puts you as the viewer more at the center, you know, because mm. I think that we're all so sanctimonious about like, I would never do that, you totally. know, in, in earlier seasons about people who just don't get it. It's like, we get it. That's why we watch a show called Transparent, right. you know, and... And this season has been so much more of like, here are transgressions that I have you know, like personally done against people who I love. And it's been interesting for me because it has opened up like lines of dialogue with trans people in my life about some of that stuff. There's something so kind of incredible about only realizing behavior like when you see it on the screen Mm. that way. Yeah, like when you can kind of remove yourself almost and watch it externalized. And, And it's not personal. It was just like, oh, I have a full 360 view of even the ways me, a progressive, very liberal <laughs> person, I can be part of the problem. Totally. And I think that that's, that's a thing for all of us. This year for me, honestly, has been a lot of examining the ways in which I don't have enough queerness in my life or the ways in which I am not accommodating of it. And 
As they say, you live, you learn. <laughs> Learning so much. I know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no spoilers, but like... What's that Kylie Jenner thing that she said? Oh, 2016, the year of realizing things. Oh um, my God, Kylie. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like every year has a new energy. And I feel like this year is really about like the year of just realizing stuff. And everyone around me, we're all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. I have realized a lot. This Kylie year. has a lot of years of realizing things ahead of her, though. No, yeah, Kylie's a mogul right now. Age-wise, though, I'm just I she's mean, selling like Kylie lip kit, and 100 percent of the proceeds are going to cleft palettes. Like she's been doing it for weeks. Listen, you can be a lip kit like like I don't know what's the right word when you're giving stuff away as an entrepreneur a mogul, <laughs> <laughs> but still have a lot of realizations in your future. I just feel that like if. Anybody, if you can be woke about one thing, there is hope for you. Wow, that is actually a shockingly hopeful note to end on after <laughs> all of our depressing election talk. Well, okay, I'm going to tell you one more depressing. Thing. No, one. Well, it's not depressing. It's not depressing to me as much as it's Lolio. I was but, ready to end on a hopeful note. Um, did you hear what RBG said about Colin? I don't even know how you say his name. Capernick. Kaepernick. That's how you say his name. The football player. I don't watch football, so I don't care. Indeed. Silent protest. Colin Kaepernick. I know, but like Notorious RBG. Mm. <laughs> and she was asked about it by ESPN. I don't know why. Which, and good job, ESPN. I don't know. Good job, like, getting in there. Um, <laughs> I think she was asked by about ESPN. I'm not going to go back and look it up, but you can do a Google. Um, and... You know, they were like, what do you think about the protest? And she was like, this is dumb. And I was like, no. Was she talking about the reaction? Come on now. That's, you know, I like, and this is the thing. It's like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, you know, like, I won't. I think that it is, um, it's actually not shocking mm. that somebody like RBG would have those, um, would have those thoughts. A lot of her early career was making sure, you know, that like people thought she was really patriotic and she wasn't like communism is bad. <laughs> yeah. All of those things. So it's not, and also she's just not in touch. Like, let's be real. Just like another way that your heroes can let you down, but mm. you know, or say things that are not necessarily super smart. So RBG is smart on everything except for that 49ers quarterback whose name I never remember. Ooh. That guy is making me so happy, though, because, like, I don't watch football or I don't care, but every week I see a picture of him, his hair just gets blacker. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's bringing back cornrows, there was an afro. It's like, you, like, went from a football player to Black Panther in, like, two weeks. He's really just, like, going through, like, top hairstyles of all time. Yeah, and it's like, the more militant he becomes, he's so not my type, but the more militant <laughs> he becomes, I'm like, you kind of cute. What's going on over here? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So that was a sad note to end on, but also it's kind of hilarious. I think militant hair is a good note to end on. It's true. Um, <laughs> before this podcast airs, I guarantee you, RBG would have. She's going to clarify her stance, and we'll all go eye roll. But um, that guy's hair, very cute. Tough to criticize <laughs> the ones you love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do things that are not inside. Let's the do it. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download that anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on iTunes, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look that up for yourself. Please don't send us messages there. We're not going to read them. <laughs> 
We're on Instagram at callyrgf. We really love Instagram. Um, don't send us messages there either because we're not going <laughs> to read them. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by Gina Delvac. And thanks to our friends at Argo Studio today. The best. See you on the internet. <laughs> see you on the internet. Well, see you. No, right actually, actually, see, see you, you at, IRL. <laughs> see you right after this podcast. Right after this. <laughs>